welcome to Growing, a podcast about birth, babies, and beyond. I'm your host, Beth. I'm a midwife, a business owner, and a mum. If you're anything like me, you find yourself wearing many hats, and this can be fun and hard and everything in between. So I'm here to offer support and solidarity for whatever season of growth you find yourself in. Let's go. Hello and welcome back to Growing. Today I am bringing you a solo episode. I popped a question box out to my Instagram community asking if there was anything you would like to know about our recent interstate move. And there was lots and lots of questions submitted. So today I'm running you through what's been happening lately for us and some of the things that we did to prepare for and manage um, quite a big move. And it's funny because as I typed out the questions that were submitted and I got all set up for today, I realized sitting down that it's the first time I've probably stopped properly since we got here and reflected on how huge it has been and how we actually got through all of the big and little transitions that come with a move like this. So it's actually a really good opportunity to talk them through. And I hope that anyone who is considering a big interstate move or even just a smaller scale move, um, but is feeling daunted by that, that this is helpful and that there's some good takeaways of how to manage it with kids underfoot. Just to provide a little bit of context, I used to be based in Melbourne and that was where I lived for many years. It's where I started my business. It's where I'd worked for some of my career in major tertiary hospitals. And about six weeks ago, we moved to the New South Wales South Coast. So my family are from Sydney, Tristan's family, my husband are also from Sydney, and my parents actually now live on the South Coast and they've lived there for a number of years. So the area wasn't completely foreign to us. We are definitely familiar with the area. We have always loved this region of New South Wales, but it has been a really, really big change from living very much in a city of Melbourne to uh, a small coastal town that has a population of about 500 people and is largely holiday homes. So we live in a very, very quiet pocket of the South Coast in a town called Jeroa. It's very little, but in saying that, we are by no means remote. So 10 minutes down the road, there's another town called Berry. Um, five minutes up the road, there is a township called Jerringong. And then you have a 15-minute drive away, there's a township called Kayama. And then above that, Wollongong, and above that is Sydney. So we're two hours from Sydney um, and, you know, a short drive from other towns. So I think that even though it is a lot quieter, you know, on our street when we walk around, um, we live right opposite a beach now. We are by no means like really rural or isolated from services or anything like that. So that's a little bit of background. Let's jump into the questions so that we can see what people submitted. So one of the questions that came through uh, many times was just around how we prepared Poppy for the move. So Poppy's our two-year-old daughter and just questions about how she coped. So look, I think it's hard with a two-year-old. There's really not a lot you can do to help them prepare. I think the thing we noticed the most was she was picking up on 
the fact that something was changing. So every time she came home from daycare, you know, another shelf had been packed down or something had been taken out of the, you know, the cupboard in her room. We were moving furniture around trying to decide which pieces were coming with us and which pieces we were parting with. There was bags of stuff going to Vinnie's and stuff like that. And so she could just sense that something was up and sleep went downhill. Um, she was going through quite an intense period of nap refusal, which was really tough. She was also needing lots of support to go to sleep and waking frequently overnight, which was quite new to her. And I think that it's crazy how many conversations about life and parenting come back to sleep. You know, we don't want to talk about it all the time, but it seems to be really relevant. But it, you know, what we've learned over the course of two years of parenting is that often sleep does go wobbly when you go through a big transition, whether it's starting daycare or for many people bringing a new baby home or um, moving house. Like these are big, big changes in our little people's world. And, you know, that was the thing that we noticed the most. And she was quite emotional and quite clingy because she was kind of thinking like, is one of you leaving? What's going on? And So in that sense, like we couldn't prepare her, but we could support her. And we just supported her by being really patient with her, giving her lots of love, um, supporting her to sleep in whatever way we needed to, and trying to, I guess, hone in on those opportunities for connection and normality where we could. So like going to her favorite park and reading all of her favorite books and just like trying to be as present with her as possible rather than always seeming like we had a list of things to do, which we definitely did. Another question that got submitted was, were you both on board? Someone has said, I want the sea change, but my hubby isn't keen. And I've actually had this chat with someone different in DMs. So I think it is a common theme that one of you is itchy for change and another person is sort of maybe risk adverse or just comfortable and doesn't see the benefit of a big move, which is totally fair enough too. So can definitely be tricky. We were both on board. We always knew that we would make a change and move away from Melbourne, given that none of our family support was there. It was always a question of, you know, when, not if. Um, we, We did dabble with the idea of buying and staying in Melbourne and putting roots down there. But like, I think, you know, in our heart of hearts, we always knew that we would come back closer to family. But in terms of what actually prompted it, we were both on board, but Tristan, my husband, was definitely the driver of that decision. I think mainly just wanting to be closer to family at the end of the day. We're lucky enough to have uh, nephews and, you know, family on both sides that love spending time with Poppy, really want to be part of our life. And it just was becoming clearer that that was sort of where we needed to be. But in saying that, I think... I didn't need convincing at all when he was like, look, I think it's time to go go home and go up north. I didn't need convincing, but I don't think I would have been the one to suggest it if I'm completely honest. I think I would have coasted in Melbourne for a while longer, knowing that we probably would one day, but not feeling super motivated to make that change. And that's just, I mean, I, I adore Melbourne. I love Melbourne. It holds a really special place in my heart. So yeah, but that, that said, we were definitely united. And as soon as he was sort of like, look, you know, I, I want to go back to New South Wales. I was sort of like, yeah, yeah, I can see that. And I'm, I'm here for it. Um, and let's do it at a time that works. So that was kind of, uh, our thinking. 
Someone has also asked about the logistics of actual packing, which is, yeah, it's a beast. And, you know, what we did about storage and if there was any hidden costs. So we went through a company called Kent Storage and Removals. I think they're like one of the big storage companies um, and removalists. And I think in the past when we'd moved houses within Melbourne, we hadn't been too bothered about, you know, I think we just hired the cheapest truck we could find, chucked everything in the back. We don't have anything that is overly, too overly precious. But, you know, in the knowledge that it was quite a significant move and, you know, going in between states and that sort of thing, we wanted to go with one of the bigger companies. Um, And Kent did an amazing job of coming to the house and assessing how much stuff we had and helping guide us on like how many boxes we needed to order and all of that kind of stuff. Logistically, what happened is that they dropped off the boxes two weeks out from the pickup date. It could have been earlier. Um, you got to choose, but I didn't want to live out of boxes for two weeks. I would have found that more stressful than just doing quite a rapid pack up of the house. Um, so it was really bizarre knowing that we were completely, you know, up getting up and leaving and there was our house was still more or less uh, set up for weeks um and I found that limbo actually quite hard now that I remember it I I knew that there was a lot of work to be done ahead and it was this big task that was looming but equally I just knew if we packed it down too early it would be so frustrating trying to look for things and whatnot so I think you just have to logistically pick what works for you if you're someone that wants to be completely organized ahead of time and have it all packed down and maybe live out of a suitcase or something for a little while, go for it. I just knew that that would stress me out. So I was like, let's just wait. Um, With an interstate move, they actually, I guess there's two options from what I understand. You can either get your stuff picked up and then it will be delivered to your new residence wherever you are around 10 to 14 days later. At least that was it for uh, yeah, Melbourne to New South Wales. So there was about a two-week lag and we stayed with my parents during that time. You can, the second option is to pay extra and there are companies that will assist you to have like a 24-hour turnaround. So they'll pick it up, drive straight away up to or down or wherever you're going and they'll hopefully be there the very next day so that you can move straight in. And I do know friends that have done that option too. But because we had the option to stay with my mum and dad, it actually worked well and we were able to save a little bit of money just saying, yeah, because they actually put it on a train. So they pick it up in a truck, it goes onto a train and then up to Sydney and then it gets picked up on a truck again and then down the south coast to us. So again, that period of time was weird. It was another like limbo. I'd built it up in my head so much. Like we're moving, we're moving. We've just got to get to the move date. We've just got to get there and then we'll just be there and it'll be fine. And then we got there and I was like, oh, more limbo. I kind of didn't think about this part, but you know, it was equally, it was kind of nice to arrive into the support of others. And, you know, my mum and dad were there to help with Poppy and cook and whatnot. So it was actually great. Now, hidden costs. One of the biggest hidden costs, which I did not anticipate, is food. Because once you pack down the kitchen, there's only so far in advance you can do it. You've got to, you know, you've got to empty your fridge. You've got to turn it off for a time before it can be transported and all of this stuff. And you don't want to buy a whole bunch of food that then is going to be wasted in the fridge. So we were ordering takeaway a lot more than we usually would. And it costs a lot. And then the same on the other end, like we arrived and 
you know, you're getting out of the house and going for walks because you're out of routine. And so you're buying lunch out and that sort of stuff. And by the end of the that month, where like the two weeks in the lead up and the two weeks after, A, I just felt so unhealthy. I was like, give me my home cooked meals. I am so over this. And B, you know, I was, I didn't want to even think about how much we had outsourced on food. So I think if you can, a hack that I would say is do what you need to do once you've packed down your kitchen on one end. But on the other end, I would recommend maybe once you know you're going to have access to like a freezer or a fridge, have a box of meals delivered. So I was very, very grateful to be gifted a box from of uh, fresh frozen meals from Nui Supply Co. I'll put the link in the show notes. They were amazing and they were so kind. They reached out and they said, we noticed that you're moving. Life looks kind of chaotic. Would you like a box of our frozen meals? And they were incredible. And they really served us once we kind of like got into our new rental plugged in the fridge, it felt like a really nice reset of like, okay, now we're going to start eating well again without the mental load of having to go and restock the cupboards. Because I think it takes a little, we, we brought as much with us as possible, like all of our spices and whatnot, but there was stuff that had to be chucked out in the fridge that you use in your everyday cooking that didn't come with us. And so you've got to go to the supermarket and it takes a while to just like reestablish your kitchen, or at least that was my experience. And so having some of those fresh frozen meals was just a godsend. And I think, you know, time and time again, I keep coming back to this, you know, postpartum when your kid starts daycare or if your partner goes back to paid work, outsourcing food is one of the best things you can do for yourself. Someone has asked city versus country activities for kids. And do I worry about kids being bored? Oh, this is a tough one because obviously cities have so much to offer, but if I'm really honest, where we live anyway, no, I'm not worried about pops being bored or us being bored. It does take a while to feel out what's available in the area and get to know, you know, the different activities like where you do swimming or what the local leisure center offers. And is there like a gym class you can join and all of those things. But our experience has been that there has been so many opportunities for different play groups. There's a few beautiful parks that are really, really well set up for all ages. Um, we've got a couple of local libraries near us that do all the same things that the city libraries do, like story time and rhyme time and all of that kind of thing. And then the biggest difference is the outdoor spaces. So we live really close to a beach right opposite and there's a whole bunch of beaches up and down the coast, many of which are super, super toddler friendly. There are rivers and lagoons and we, you know, it's not even summer yet, but we have spent so much more time outdoors and the beach in itself has become an activity, whether we, we, you know, we'll go down and do we'll splash at the water's edge or we'll take a bucket down and collect shells or we'll go for a walk. So I personally haven't found that there's any worry about being bored. I probably started to feel a little bit bored where we were living in Melbourne um, and I was having, you know, if we had stayed, I would have had to proactively enroll Poppy in a few other midweek activities just because it was getting a bit repetitive but it's going to depend where you move. So the New South Wales South Coast, I would say, is absolutely packed full of opportunities for outdoor play and parks and, you know, so, so many young families that it's, you know, kind of impossible to feel bored. But I want to keep coming back to this thing of like, yes, we've moved out of a city, but we are not by any means rural or remote. And I think that that is going to 
yeah, it's going to completely depend on where you're living. Okay. One of the other questions was toddler farewells to family and friends and just generally how was it to move away from friends and family? One thing I will say is obviously for us, we have moved toward family, not away. So we didn't have, I mean, we had a sprinkling of extended family that we didn't see regularly. um, And I wouldn't say were part of our sort of immediate support network in Melbourne in terms of our, you know, our parents and siblings and cousins and that sort of thing, they are all based in Sydney or the South Coast. So more or less, my siblings are all spread out. But but in terms of immediate support, we were moving closer. This didn't mean that it wasn't tough to leave though. We had some beautiful, beautiful friends that we're very, very close to that that was really hard to say goodbye. And it just felt weird. Like we went out for dinner, gave them a huge hug and we're just like, oh, this is not nice. We're not going to be able to just pop around to your house and have you over. And, you know, this group of friends have been a part of Poppy's life since day dot. And yeah, we love them very, very much. So knowing that we wouldn't be in the same city as them was and is still hard. And something else I found really tricky was saying goodbye to daycare. So it's so ironic because I have a whole episode on how hard it was to start daycare and, you know, how emotional it was to leave Pops there when she was little and upset. But, you know, with time, all kids form really strong attachments to their educators and Poppy was at an age where she'd started making little friends. So she'd come home and tell me, you know, I played with this person or I said goodbye to this person. And when we would go and pick her up, she'd like wave to everyone and give her friends hugs. And so that all kind of happened maybe only a month before we were leaving. Like she really started to thrive. She really started to have those connections. And I started to feel so sick with guilt that we were pulling her away from this this world that we'd established for her, that we kind of pushed on her and saying goodbye to the couple of educators that really, really supported us in our transition to daycare and like, you know, the ones that rocked Poppy to sleep and was so, so kind to us was really tough. And I think if you're feeling nervous, it's one thing for you as an adult to say goodbye to your friends and it sucks and it's hard and you have ways to keep in touch with them. But something I kept coming back to in terms of Poppy was that at the end of the day, you know, you are your kid's world and they will be happy provided you are calm, consistent, kind and present with them. And that has absolutely proven to be true. Yes, there's been sleep disruptions. Yes, I'll, you know, I'll go into a little bit more some of the things that we noticed for Pops in terms of like dysregulation and whatnot, but she's fine. You know, she looks at Tris and I and she has her things around her and we've kept the routine mainly the same. We eat dinner together every night as a family. We spend a lot of time outdoors together and we, you know, try to be really present with her. And at the end of the day, that's more, more, more than enough for your little one. And as sad as it is to say, she doesn't remember or think about the connections that she had at the daycare. I'm sure they had a positive impact on her, but in terms of like, she's not asking for those people every day and she's not missing them actively. So as much as it was a, it was a really weird goodbye and I left the daycare and I cried, it, you know, it's not something that I dwell on too much. I think that toddlers are so resilient and it's actually babyhood and toddlerhood are a great time to move with your kids because you're their whole world. I loved this question. Someone asked, does the warmer weather actually make a difference compared to cold Melbourne? And the reason I love it is because 
I actually used to hate, and I still hate when people go on and on about the cold weather in Melbourne. Like we'd come up and see our friends and family in Sydney. They'd be like, oh, you poor things in Melbourne. It's so cold and all of that kind of stuff. And I was like, firstly, it's not that cold. And secondly, Melbourne is so much more than its weather. And I would almost get a bit defensive about it. And I'd find myself, you know, saying, talking about, you know, the average rainfall in Melbourne is less than Sydney, blah, blah, blah. So I don't think that the weather, you know, is ever the be all and end all and should ever be the only reason that you make a move. However, I kind of forgot how uplifting and comforting warmer weather can feel and how much easier it is to get outdoors. So I would say the number one change in our lifestyle is how much we're out and about, you know, like being down at the beach earlier in the day and it's not even summer yet and it's not even daylight savings and that sort of thing. But with the warmer weather and the sunshine does come just an ease in your day and an enjoyment. And I have found it to be pretty special to be able to like go for a walk in a t-shirt in the middle of, um, what are we, we've just gone August. Yeah. August. My brain is a bit foggy as you can tell. It's been a big few months, but yeah, to be walking around in August in like a t-shirt and jeans and just it, I hate to say it, but it warmer weather does actually make a difference. And look, when I'm sweating in summer in 40 degree heat, I might not feel the same. I might be like, get me back to crisp, moderate Melbourne. But at the moment, yeah, to be on the beach in winter has been pretty unreal. I got asked where my new favorite cafe is. So South Coast friends will know what I'm talking about. And if you visit the area, these would be my top three picks. So Blue Swimmer in Jaroa is amazing. It is actually the only cafe in the town that I live in, and it's only open a few days a week, which that was a big shock when I realized that you can't walk anywhere and get a coffee for a few days of the week. And on the days that it is open, it's open till 1pm. That was a real head spin because obviously living in a city Melbourne, every second place sold coffee and most places are open much later than that. Milkwood in Berry is an amazing uh, bakery and, and cafe. And I would highly recommend visiting if you're in Berry. And my favorite coffee in the area is easily clay coffee in Jerringong. They do an amazing job. So beautiful. They actually make their little cups and yeah, just great. So there's definitely lots in the area, but those would be my picks. Someone asked how to manage packing with toddlers around. So we did most of it on daycare days. Tristan actually finished up work a couple of weeks before the truck arrived. And if you can, having one of you at home not working in the lead up to your move, even if it's for a week or three days, three to five days, invaluable because he could just really put his head down and focus on it like Pops would go to bed at night or she would have, we kept her daycare days going and he really led the charge on the packing. Thank you, Tristan. He was amazing. And then what we actually did was that Poppy and I flew to the South Coast ahead of time. So I think it was like two days or three days ahead of Tristan who stayed, finished it off and helped with the packing of the truck. And this worked really, really well. So if there's capacity for you to do this, if you're considering a move, if one of you can remove the kids just for 48 hours, even 24 hours in the lead up to that truck arriving, it's really valuable because what it meant was that we could pack down the cot, 
he could really finish off the bits and bobs that needed to be done. He could finish off the kitchen properly. And basically we just got out of his hair and he did it. And he was a total legend at it. I probably wouldn't have been able to cope with doing that solo, but that was amazing. And then he drove our car up as well. Another question submitted is just around what the biggest change or challenge is from a big city with everything at your fingertips compared to living in a seaside town. Oh, I mean, it's it's shocked me how different it is. I don't think I realized yet. It, it sounds so cliche, but it is a much slower life. It doesn't feel slow in terms of work just because I've been really busy on that side since we moved. But in terms of like your day-to-day lifestyle, the people, the energy, it is a lot slower, a lot more chill. But the biggest change is things like being open. Um, like I went to go to the butcher the other day on a Saturday and I was shut after midday and I was like, what is going on? Like it's a Saturday and just little things like that. There's been a lot of stuff that I've just had to adjust to actually looking up, okay, is it open or how long is it going to take to get there? It takes us about 30 minutes to drive to a Woolworths or an Aldi or a Coles, you know, one of those big shopping centers and get groceries. There is an IGA close by and there's a general store in the small town where I live. So you can always get like milk or bread or something little that you need, but you couldn't do, you could do your full groceries at IGA. It's just expensive and the general store, you absolutely couldn't. So, you know, having to schedule that into the week and be like, let's drive for half an hour, make sure that we get all the groceries that we need so that we're not doing lots of trips to the shops. And then something that does like worry me a little bit and I don't think it's a huge, huge cause for concern, but it's just something that I really valued about Melbourne and that I really loved is that Melbourne is so multicultural and it's a huge feature of the city, especially living in the inner north and the inner west of that city. There is such a comparative, there is a lack of diversity in this whole region. And I do think that that's something that I will miss about inner city living. It's just that there's such a sense that of multiculturalism within the community that doesn't really exist on the coast to the same scale. There was also a few questions about daycare, which is understandable because so many of us need to lean on uh, childcare before we can even consider making a change. So someone said, how did you mentally prep for finding a new daycare where sea changing out is a huge fear? Yeah, I hear you. So Poppy hasn't actually started at a new daycare and that's simply because we are yet to secure a place. And it is a challenge in this area. I've chatted to some other mums and there are options. There are just limited places and out of the options that do exist, not all of them are great options. I don't think there's there's bad options. I just think that there is better options than some. And I think that that's true of anywhere you go. And look, we were at a amazing daycare in Melbourne. So it's also one of those things where it's like a hard act to follow. We're really lucky. My mum actually works more broadly in the early education space. So through colleagues and things, she's been able to guide us a little bit on where to apply, but we actually don't have a daycare spot until next year at the earliest. And this is only really possible because Tristan and I have swapped roles. So he is working casually So he's doing three days of paid work. I'm doing three days of paid work. And then we're leaning on my mum and dad for one day of childcare on a Thursday. So we've had to restructure basically our whole paid work, parental work dynamic. And that's okay because we're in a position where we can do that temporarily, at least. I don't think it's something we can maintain longer term, but certainly for the the next few months, we can make it work. But yeah, it is hard. And I think 
one thing I would say is don't be afraid of making the wrong decision. Like you're not going to know until you know. And I actually spoke to a mum the other day who, when they moved into the area, applied somewhere. It, it didn't turn out to be the right place. While they had that place, they started looking around at other options and it took them a little while and it took some trial and error but within the first six to 12 months of moving into the area they were able to find what they needed and move forward so I think with all things with moving sometimes it's just a case of being willing to try but I completely I just want to validate your feelings because it is scary when scary enough when you've lived somewhere for ages and you're starting take care let alone when you're in a new environment so I would not be afraid to chat to people at the park Local mums and dads and parents are your absolute goldmine of information. Don't be afraid to be like, where have you got your little one in daycare or how was your experience? I think parents, my experience anyway with parents is that we all want to help each other have a good experience for the most part. So if you have some insight or intel on daycares in the area, you're going to share it. That leads on nicely to how are we going building a community and how to connect with new mums and make friends in the area. Look, we're only six weeks in, I think, to this move. So it's definitely going to be a slow burn. And we're very lucky that coincidentally, a family that we met and connected with when we lived in Melbourne, who have a um, little boy similar age to Pops, we just both happened to decide to move to this area. It was really random. And we were just chatting at the pub one day and both were like, oh, we're planning a big move. Oh, where are you going? We're going to here. Oh, oh my gosh, that's where we're going to. And it was a complete fluke. So they actually moved up five months ahead of us. And it's been really, really nice to lean on them and connect with them again. And they've actually introduced us once or twice to other people that they know. And so, you know, I think community is something that takes a long time to build and it's just about being open. The other thing um, I have connected with a couple of mums through like a local story time that is actually, funnily enough, facilitated by my mum at a local bookshop. And she's been doing that for years. And that's been a really, really nice way just to meet mums with kids similar age and have a chat. And usually we go to story time and then get a coffee afterwards. Um, So I think it's the exact same as if you're in your existing area and you don't have many like mum friends, quote unquote. It's just about putting yourself out there and being willing to go to the community events, go to the runtime at the library. If you hear about a play group, go and just sit and chat and be open to making new friends say yes to invitations. I think that's a big one is that sometimes it's more comfortable just to stay in your little zone. But if someone says to you like, oh, hey, you know, I do this on a Tuesday or there's a play group that runs on this day, be open to going along. And like I said, I've actually found that particularly in this area anyway, there are so many young families. And so it's just about being open and hanging out where they hang out, the park. You know, there's a few of like the local clubs, bowling clubs and pubs and that sort of thing have playgrounds. So there's a little bit of a crowd like on a Sunday afternoon, that sort of thing. And it's honestly much the same as in Melbourne, just like conversations at the parks and things like that. But I think true community, not just people to kind of like hang out with and have a quick coffee, True community takes time and um, I'm excited that we plan to stay in this area, you know, for the foreseeable future because that's something that I intend to build up and, yeah, I really look forward to feeling a bit more settled in that sense. Was it hard to let go of special memories in your house? 
So I assume that means the house that we had in Melbourne. And yes, it was, but I think that's one of the, we rent, so we don't own a home and we rented in Melbourne and we rent here. And so I think that's one of the hardest bits about renting. I'm not actually super worried about, you know, when people say you need the security of owning and all of that kind of stuff, that doesn't stress me out. But I do sometimes look at pops and we're in these pivotal years of memory making. And I wish that we had a home that had, you know, has those memories and somewhere that we can always have to call our own. And that's definitely something that we're working towards. But yeah, actually memory making is probably more of a driver than this, the concept of, of security. Cause I feel like we achieve that in so many other ways. We have so much consistency in our life and that sort of thing, but definitely having a family home is, is special. And I, even though we were just renting and we only spent, um, I think we spent two years there. They were two pretty special years. And so, yeah, it was hard and weird leaving thinking, oh, this is where she took her first steps. And it was the same when we left the apartment that we bought Poppy home to. I was like, this is where I sat on the couch and breastfed all night. And this is where, you know, her first home. So I definitely feel that. What came first, the idea of the move or life changes that opened up the potential to move? This was a little bit of both. Like I said, the idea was always there. Uh, It was a question of when. And being a teacher and a midwife, we're very lucky that job opportunities are present in most places. So we always knew that we would move and eventually Tristan would find a, a job at a local school and I would apply for some of the local hospitals or hospitals within sort of, you know, 30 to 40 minute drive. But I must say that having an online business or a business that's predominantly online, it did give us more confidence to do it when we did, because it just meant that when we arrived, we wouldn't be both either job hunting or moving into completely new roles. Uh, Tris is working casually doing casual relief teaching while he fills out the area. And then I've been able to maintain consistency in my work and income. And so that kind of gave us the security to do it when we did. But I don't like to, to answer the question. Yes, it was kind of life changes that opened up the potential. But I think that even if we were both to remain, like if I was to remain in a clinical role and Tristan was to remain in a full-time teacher role, we probably would have still done it because we're so lucky that those are transferable skills. But knowing that we could pick up and leave and keep one side of the income consistent was was helpful. We're getting close to the end of the questions, just a couple more. Someone has asked, was it hard to leave and uh, what made you take the leap? So I think we've kind of talked through what made us take the leap. In terms of was it hard to leave, look, yes, I found it very, very hard to leave Melbourne. Melbourne is really special to me and I know now that we've left, it's unlikely I'll ever live there again. So I just felt like the lead up to the move felt like we were coming to the end of a very special and important chapter in my life. But in saying that, like, I think I will always miss Melbourne and I did find it very, very hard to leave, but that doesn't change the fact that where we are now is where we're meant to be. We just knew that the lifestyle of the inner city city living, which we had loved for years, you know, like going out out at night and the food and wine scene and the party scene and like all of the stuff that Melbourne does so fantastically, we kind of knew that longer term, we'd never pictured that to be where we raised our kids. And and that's not to say that it's a, a not where you should raise your kids. Like, like I said, I would have stayed. I think it's an amazing, amazing city um, for families and, you know, younger people alike. But just in terms of the conversations we'd had over many years, like we'd always sort of talked about living by the coast or um, living on a property and, and getting out of the city. So, you know, it was just time. Poppy was 
coming up to her second birthday, we want to grow our family. We wanted the support of family and stuff like that. So while it was hard, it was also, you know, I was confident that it was the right call. Someone has also just asked about, we'll finish on this idea of being on the fence. And it's such a hard one to speak to because I don't know your situation. I don't know where you're thinking about moving. And everyone's, you know, everyone's circumstances are so unique. But I think something that we kind of kept coming back to is like, we won't know if we don't try. And we actually had this really comforting conversation, Tristan and I, where we were like, we're not leaving Melbourne because we don't like it or we don't think it's an amazing place to live. So if we move and it's nothing like what we thought it would be, we just come back. And we gave ourselves permission to like let it be a flop if it needed to be and not to be this thing that's like, okay, we're moving, this is it, you know, goodbye forever. Now I know that we probably won't ever live there again. But when we were making the really big call to shift everything, we were like, it's cool. We know we love living here. If the South Coast isn't for us, we simply, you know, we give it some time and we retreat back to this life that we know we we really love and we really enjoy. And then I think like on a logical level, you just have to look at what does your day-to-day look like right now? How does it feel? Is this is this how you pictured life? I think that's something that I kept coming back to as well. Like we started to feel quite stretched quite isolated in our parenting and I didn't feel like we were moving towards the life that we imagined for ourselves and so the only way to move closer to what you've been picturing is to be brave and make that change and you know a whole bunch of really boring logistical stuff has to play into that are you able to have an income if you if you move to a new area what would that look like for you would it mean more or less family support like all of that stuff feeds in But yeah, I I think being on the fence is is hard, but there's my sort of approach in life anyway is like there's no harm in trying and I would always rather try something new than to stick with, you know, on one path and constantly be looking back over my shoulder thinking, oh, I wish we'd done that or I wish we'd tried that. So I will leave it there. I sincerely hope this has been helpful. If you have any specific questions, questions that pop up based on this I'm really happy to share you can come over and DM me Um, my Instagram is at birthwithbeth underscore Um, I know making a huge move is big and can be really overwhelming so if you're in the trenches of packing and making big life decisions I see you I felt very unsettled for a long time and it's not been an easy transition but it has been the right one so sending you love and I will see you back here for the next episode of growing you're hearing this message then you've listened all the way to the end and maybe you're keen for more if that's the case jump over to my website to learn about how I can support you in pregnancy it's www.birthwithbeth.com.au or check out my Instagram for heaps more educational content thank you for being here and I'll see you back here very soon